Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Before we begin, this podcast conversation is between adults and contains a little adult language, so if you have little ones near you, you might want to use your headphones. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Karen C.L. Anderson. Karen is a writer, storyteller, and life coach who helps smart, sensitive, creative women navigate sticky, thorny relationships with difficult people. Karen loves working with women who struggle in their relationship with their mothers and truly want to stop. She has found that it's by examining that very first and most important relationship that other important changes become possible. In her books, The Peaceful Daughter's Guide to Separating from a Difficult Mother and After, The Before Plus After, A Real-Life Story of Weight Loss, Weight Gain, and Weightlessness Through Total Acceptance, Karen explores deep issues of shame and vulnerability and shares her own experiences in service of both her own and her readers' liberation and resilience. Karen's conversations with her clients as a trusted mentor are loving and supportive. She believes that world peace begins inside, and so her work with clients is the work of feminism, gender equality, and ultimately, world peace. Welcome, Karen, to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Ursula. I'm glad to be here. So as we get into this discussion about impact, um, you describe yourself in a number of different ways. Can you tell us about what it is that drew you to have this business in particular? What was it that was has been compelling for you? Well, I've been a writer pretty much my entire adult life. And somewhere along the way, I decided, oh, I think I should become a life coach. <laughs> and um, it was it was kind of interesting and something kind of funny happened on the way to becoming a life coach. And that is that I stopped being a writer and stopped being a storyteller. And um, I didn't really do that on purpose, but I woke up to it about a year ago and realized that I wasn't I wasn't following the thing that really lights me up, and that is and that is storytelling, writing, um, speaking. And what was kind of fascinating about it is that I, when I reclaimed that, and realized that that's who I am at my core. The life coaching thing—it's not that I put that aside. It's not that I said I'm not going to do that. But it was when I, as I said, reclaimed 
my storyteller status or my storyteller, um, the, that part of me, that life coaching started to become a much more easy and natural fit hmm. for what I do. So it sounds like there was kind of a transformative moment or time for you when you brought back in all these things that are so authentic to you. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's really, it's made all the difference. Mm. It, in, what, in what ways? Well, when I was trying to be a life coach, <laughs> um, it, it's funny, speaking of marketing and, and messaging and all that kind of thing, I, all of that kind of fell, it didn't feel authentic. It didn't, I felt like I was trying to be something that I wasn't. Mm. And I think that, you know, again, in that sort of weird energetic way that we really can't put a finger on, um, it wonked my message. It, it you know, it, it, I was trying to be something that I wasn't. I was denying the part of me that is me. And so, as I said, you know, the, the energy was wrong. And when I reclaimed... Um, that I am a, a writer first and foremost, um, it it transformed how I communicate hmm. back into, you know, the Karen way of communicating. <laughs> and and that's what, you know, I, I started blogging back in 2009 with no intention of, you know, anything other than, oh, this seems like an interesting thing to do and it will help me. Uh, I didn't have a, a business per se, then I was a freelance writer. Um, and the you know, the people who started following and following me and, and, re you know, responding and interacting with me as a result of that, of that blog, um, you know, they, they, they loved it. And I loved doing it. And, um, and that's the authentic me. Well, I, I've, I've heard this so many times from people that uh, in conversations with my own clients around marketing and how it just feels off and the fact that you've, and, and thank you for sharing that and the fact that you've embraced your, your storyteller side, your writer side back into this coaching business is, uh, it's a really telling um, story because you're you're sharing the fact that you, who you are authentically and that totally shifts your marketing message and, and makes it far more compelling. People can tell. I mean, there's as you said, there's an energy around it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So do, do you feel like that is part of what makes your business unique and special that you're bringing in all these different components of yourself in different ways into the work that you're doing? Or do you see it differently? No, I definitely see that. Um, I don't, it's funny, I, I, uh, I don't consider myself a business owner in the traditional sense. But I mean, I don't know, maybe that's that maybe I'm doing myself a disservice in that way, or maybe not. But um, so when I think about what makes what I do unique, again, uh, there, there's a lot of talk out there about being vulnerable and authentic. And, you know, those are sort of words that are used a lot. Like, you know, that's what we have to be. And <clears throat> when I, as I said, when I first started blogging, there was no 
uh, intention for it other than for me to start to get to know myself a little bit better. And for whatever reason, I, you know, again, I wasn't trying it just, this is just, I guess, who I am, was sort of laying myself bare in some, in some regards, um, and saying things that, I mean, what I, what I found out later is that I was saying things that other people felt, but didn't know how to say, or were afraid to say, and it helped them, um, feel not alone in the world. Um, and, and again, it's not like I tried to do it. It's just, it just, that's just what came naturally to me. And I think when I, when I started, you know, down the life coach path, I thought, oh, well, now I have to sound like a life coach. You know, now <laughs> I have to sound like I know what I'm doing and I don't have any more problems. And, <laughs> you know, um, but, th- but that's not, at least in my experience, that's not what people respond to. And what I have to offer is, you know, the life coaching training and all the things that I've learned as a result of having started down that path are certainly valid and I greatly, uh, you know, appreciate them and wouldn't change any of it. But um, what they respond to first and foremost is, is my, my story, mm-hmm. what, I've, what I've been through and what I've been able to transform in my own life. Yeah, and that's such a compelling thing for people to hear. Um, I, I I love what you said there about how, well, now I have to be authentic, as if that's <laughs> that's one other thing you have to do or right. be in order yeah. to be successful. And it, it's it's more about, in my experience at least, and I'd love to hear your perspective. But for me, it's authenticity is more about taking stuff away or letting letting all these things you're supposed to be, quote unquote, fall away. And what's left is what's authentic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, those are words that are, you know, now used quite a bit um, in our world. And I, you know, I don't, it's not something it's, yeah, I don't even know how to explain like you know, it's not something you try to do. You, you, as you said, it's 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 without it's taking away all the stuff and just being, mm-hmm. which again sounds kind of woo, but <laughs> uh, you, you know what I mean. I think most people who listen to your podcast probably know what I mean. <laughs> I think they do, and and even if they haven't heard those particular words before, I think um, it it speaks to everybody's experience. So that that word authenticity, I know what you mean, it's used so often, and I, I wish I could find another word for it that, that isn't <laughs> now got all that baggage associated with it about this other thing you're supposed to be doing. But Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that, uh, do you feel that you have impact with your, your clients? Is there a way in which your particular way of being in the world impacts people as you work with them? And, and if you do, what, what is that? What do you think is the, is, are the ways that you impact your clients? Um, well, I guess, um, I guess the best way to explain it is that the impact I have with them is also the impact I have on myself and 
that is um, when we get, when we are able to get honest with ourselves and look at what's going on in our, our minds um, without harsh criticism or as little harsh criticism as we can manage, um, we're then able to access sort of a universal compassion, which then helps us show up in the world in a way that we respect and the way we want to show up in the world. Um, I mean, again, my my sort of specialty is with the mother-daughter relationship. I I work with daughters, adult daughters, um, who find it difficult to show up in their relationships with their mothers the way they want to. And for me, there's been no greater victory, if you want to call it that, um, than being able to, and I, the term I use <laughs> is grown ass woman. Um, <laughs> I, love I don't that. know if that will be bleeped, but um, <laughs> you know, though it's that you know, it's it's being it's having respect for yourself and for your mother, but also you know having the appropriate boundaries if they need to be there, and in most cases they do need to be there. Um, you know, and some sometimes it, it's a matter of a woman not wanting to have contact with her mother for very good reasons, and that's okay too. But it's most women who find themselves in that situation don't know how to have the boundary in a way that feels good to them. Mm-hmm. It feels reactive. It feels they feel like a little girl inside they feel or or a you know rebellious teenager and they they don't like the way that feels so that i think is the impact that i have on my clients no that's great i mean what you're doing is so powerful because it's something that it's almost like it's a cultural taboo almost there's there's so much culturally that you know you're supposed to be a certain way with your your mother and you're supposed to have a certain kind of relationship and there's the whole hallmark you know Mm -hmm. holiday kind of thing that um you know uh lifetime channel kind of experience (laughs) you're supposed to have and as somebody who's who's struggled with a, a challenging relationship with my own mother it's such a breath of fresh air to hear you talking about this and I'm, I'm really, I really like what you said about boundaries having to be in place. And in an ideal situation, they're, they're there and, and the parent helps create that, but it's not always going to be there. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and how that impacts your clients? About bound, setting boundaries in particular? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think most people think of boundaries as being something that you throw up in a fit of rage (laughs) or, um, you know, or that, you know, it's about protection. It's about, um, you know, reaction and the way what I've discovered about, you know, really appropriate boundaries, uh, you know, what I I call them empowered boundaries um, is that they are, the kindest thing that you can do for yourself and and anyone, whether it's your mother or anyone. 
um, that you can have. And the, the beautiful part about setting boundaries the way that I teach them is that the other person, so your mother or whoever it is that you're setting boundaries with, doesn't have to change. Hmm. Um, and, you know, usually women are wanting their mothers to change. <laughs> and um, the freedom that they can find when they set a boundary and don't expect their mother to change, they don't expect their mother to honor their boundary or respect their boundary. At first, they're annoyed. <laughs> at first, they're kind of pissed off at me. But then they experience the freedom. And, you know, I mean, it's really, really good news when you stop basically trying to control other people. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, I mean, it's uh, the exp- my own experience with it. I- I'll never forget. It was such an ebullient feeling. I just, I mean, I was on top of the world when I realized that my mother was like, I let her off the hook. And all I had to pay attention to was my own behavior, which at, fir- as, at first it, it can be hard to look at that. But then there is such a sense of, as I said, freedom that you're like, how did I ever, you know, how, how could I have lived that other way for so long? <laughs> well, you get to worry just about yourself and not trying to control or adjust or make changes to anything around you, which you have no control over anyway, ultimately. Right. Yeah. But it's it's funny because I think what what ends up happening for most women, and especially women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, um, and again, I think it's it has to do with cultural and societal, you know, the way things were when our mothers and their mothers, you know, were growing up and, and becoming mothers themselves. But <clears throat> I think the reason it's so hard for us is because it was never modeled. It's Sometimes it is a matter of abuse or addiction or mental illness um, or all three. But really, it's what our parent, it's what our mothers modeled. And if they didn't model having appropriate boundaries, there's no way we're going to know, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so that that's also I think kind of helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, think, talking about impact on this, I there's I actually was confused about this um, a few years ago myself. Was how is what I do different than therapy? Because a lot of women will go for therapy um, to deal with issues having to do with their mother. Sometimes they don't realize that that's what it is. And then they go to therapy and then it all comes up. Um, And ideally I like to work with women who've done the therapy and who are now, you know, they want to focus on themselves and what's possible for them in the future, not dredging up the past necessarily. Mm -hmm. So do you feel that what you do has a bigger impact than just your clients? Because I'm, I'm thinking one of the things I've been talking with people about in these podcast interviews is really, do you see an impact of your work in the larger world? And I wonder how you see that. <laughs> well, um, I like to say that, you know, world peace starts inside. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, again, that's a big sort of Miss America kind of thing to say, but um, it's true. And so obviously, you know, when you start to 
find some peace. Again, that I, I wrote a book and the, the title of it is The Peaceful Daughter's Guide to Separating from a Difficult Mother. And that peaceful part. So when you have that peace inside, then, you know, it extends out from you into your all of your relationships. If you have children, you know, your spouse, your partner, your business, your friends, etc., etc., you know, and so on and so on. Well, and, and so I, you start to show up, as I said, you know, one of the, the big things is being able to show up in your relationships in a way that you respect. Mm. And, you know, to me, that's everything. And so, yeah, it affects, it impacts um, everything. Mm. I love that world peace begins inside and um, having that self-respect of how you're handling yourself, even in a different difficult situation can be so empowering mm-hmm. yeah i love that title too when i saw it the peaceful daughter's guide i thought perfect <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's uh, in a way it's everyone's hope to have peace within their within their themselves certainly and within their families so that's a powerful way to begin that title do you uh some of the things you've talked about, you mentioned universal compassion and tapping into that. Uh, there are, my belief is that impact arises out of the values that we hold dear, the things that are most important to us. And I, I wondered what your perspective is on that. Are there ways in which your business is a reflection of your values, your coaching, and in what ways have you brought those beliefs and values into your business? Wow. Um, <laughs> now I feel like I'm going to stumble over words because I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. Um, we'll take your time. It's... So the first thing that sort of came to me is, is kind of what I talked about earlier, which is that something kind of funny happened on the way to becoming a life coach. And, you know, over the past several years, I have consumed a lot of information and um, a lot of information, uh, classes, techniques, tips, business building, advice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what I realized is that I was sort of embracing, I didn't realize, wait, <laughs> let me back up a minute. What happened was I started I started doing things because I thought that I should want those things. Hmm. And it took me a while to sort of, you know, get back to, okay, wait a minute, what is it that I actually want here? And that's how I came back to, I really want to tell stories. I really want to write more, speak more, um, I spent a lot of time writing. I This year I decided was going to be the year that I use my actual voice, not just my writing voice. And so I guess the value that I hold dear is really knowing what it is that I want, not what I should want or what I think I should want mm -hmm. based on what everybody else is doing. And when I and so all that advice and all the courses and all the information and all you know all that kind of stuff that's out there and is is fa you know it's fabulous and you can learn a lot. 
you really do have to tap back into how it is you want to operate rather than how, how everybody else is operating, <laughs> you know? Right. And um, it can be, it can be hard. It can be hard to do that. And I, I guess I kind of fell into the trap of believing that, um, that I should want a certain, you know, that success should look this way and that having a business should look that way and, you know, so on and so forth. And so um, as I've gotten more back to who I am, um, the way that I'm running my business reflects that. Hmm. Is that a, did that make any sense at all? It absolutely did. And okay. yeah, I mean, that's so powerful to be able to tap into what you really want and discern it from what you're supposed to want or what other people want. Um, I mean, there's so much information and courses and, you know, as you talked about on success in life and business and people can take on other people's visions. And one of the things that I think is so amazing about impact is that it's another way, it's one way to really explore how do I want to contribute? How do I want to make a contribution? And, and you know, yeah, go ahead. What's kind of fascinating about it now that I think about it, and it, it's not the first time that I have thought this, but I'm reminded once again that um, for those of us who had difficult mothers, um, sometimes it can be really hard to know what you want. Um, it can be really hard to, I, I spent many years of my life just wanting someone to tell me what to do because I didn't think I knew what to do. Um, and then, <laughs> and then when somebody would tell me what to do, I'd say, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> resisting, resisting and, and not having an open mind. Um, so it was just kind of this funny cycle that I would get into of wanting someone to tell me what to do because I didn't know, um, looking outside of myself uh, for, you know, that magic uh, formula or the magic pill or whatever, um, and that doesn't exist. And so you have to, you know, it was a matter of really, and it's it's a work in progress for sure, um, you know, coming to to really trust yourself. So I think, you know, getting back to what do, what, what do I value? I value um, self-trust. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. And um, that's, I really appreciate you sharing that because it's, uh, it's not something that's easy for us to necessarily talk about. So I, I appreciate your sharing your journey with... Um, with being faced with options and then being told what to do and then going, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> that's not mine. That's not mine. That's right. Not for me. Yeah. It's kind of a <laughs> reactive approach rather than a creative one. Right. Yeah. Are there ways that you make sure that you take care of yourself in this process of ensuring that you, you stay connected with, with what it is that you want? Are there, 
aspects of uh, your own self-care or other practices that feel really sacred or important to you in helping you stay clear? Uh, yes, for sure. Um, there are, uh, I mean, I guess the actions or the, you know, sort of outer manifestation of my self-care is um, or are um, making sure that I have alone time every day, um, um, getting enough sleep, um, drinking a lot of water, um, what else, uh, writing, <laughs> if I don't write, um, that's, I mean, and, and it's funny, a lot of times people will say, oh, you know, I wish I could write, and we, I think people these days do a lot more writing than they think they do. Um, mm -hmm. And so even if it's a matter of responding to a comment on Facebook or uh, sending an email, that that's an opportunity to write. And, and I, I, I love those opportunities because, you know, it's not like I sit down and, you know, write for hours every single day. But um, anyway, I see those, I, I see all of those moments as um, taking care of myself because, um for me, writing is is the process of taking what's in my head, putting it onto paper or you know virtual paper, um, and and seeing what's actually going on inside my head, and that's that's sort of the um, the less obvious manifestation of self care, um, is just sort of that simple sort of <laughs> brain cleaning or mind cleaning every day. <laughs> um, I also love to get a good massage. So those are, that's kind of more of a body connection type of self-care. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. yoga. Yoga is uh -huh. something that I, um, I've tried to do many times in my life. You know, <laughs> oh yes, I should go do yoga. And there was always some other means to an end. Um, but earlier this year I said, you know what, it's time for me to just go do it with no, ulterior motive you know it's not going to turn me into a supermodel or anything like that it's just it's just for me it's just to get quiet it's just to connect with my body and I'm actually doing it religiously and consistently and enjoying it for nothing more than what it is <laughs> that's great I was just at yoga last night so I, I appreciate hearing that because uh yeah there's no way I was I'm ever going to be great at it but it it's somehow an amazing experience. Do you find that too? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and thank you for acknowledging that, that even posting in social media is writing. I, I used to be a freelance writer myself years ago and that writing process, I sometimes feel like there's a pressure to write more, but you're absolutely right. I mean, that's writing too. You're communicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, it's sort of like gets back to that authenticity thing that um, <clears throat> when we are like, if we're writing for someone else, you know, and there are certain guidelines or style rules or, you know, whatever the, that you, you know, you follow. And if you're writing, you know, website copy or, uh, you know, an article about some, you know, whatever it, it's, there are, you know, you're, you're actually not writing, you are writing, but it's, um, and yes, you can add some authenticity to it, but for me, it was it was actually 
um, I'm thinking now that the it was the advent of the internet, I guess, that introduced me to my authentic voice. Hmm. Because I was, it's like, oh, you're just, you know, you're in an online on in an online forum or, you know, something like that, and you're you're not really you're not thinking, okay, I'm I'm writing an article for the newspaper. I'm just communicating my thoughts here. Right. And that's just as effective as any other kind of writing. Yeah, absolutely. Or if, if not more so. Yeah. Well, it kind of comes from the heart. It's spur of the moment. You're yep. just responding. And it, yep. you're in conversation with other people, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you talk about the impact that you want to have in your marketing? I mean, you, you talked about how you, you want to play a role in helping people recognize universal compassion as a way to, as, as a way to enter into looking at the mother-daughter relationship differently. But is, is that larger impact something you talk about in, in your marketing materials, your website or elsewhere? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I, well, I've come to understand that marketing is, you know, all the, everything that you communicate Mm -hmm. and I, I'm probably not there yet a hundred percent in terms of, uh, that being in alignment. Um, and that's a really interesting question. But what I've noticed is that if I, if I think of my book as being, my marketing, a piece of marketing, you know, an element of my marketing, then yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But probably on my website, you know, I don't know. I I hope so. But that's now I feel like I'm being invited to to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's an ongoing process for all of us. I mean, you're, you're always... I think everyone that every entrepreneur I've ever talked to is always questioning, well, is this really a good reflection of my business and me and, and what I, the impact I want to have, the, what I want to offer to people. So, um, you know, I, um, are you familiar with, um, the author Pat Conroy who recently oh, yeah. died? Yeah. Yeah. Um, without sort of understanding it, especially back when I read, um, some of his books for the first time, you know, back 20, 25 years ago. Um, I didn't understand it at the time, but he very much is a role model for me. Wonderful writer. When he, when he died, um, you know, I read his obituary and there was a quote in there and I was like, yes, this is it. I mean, this, this sums it up. He said, um, I write to explain my life to myself. Mm-hmm. And what I have found is that in when I do that, I help explain other people's lives to them. Oh, that's great. And that, that, um, so when I, if I can extend that a bit, yes, in my, because I write a blog and a newsletter regularly, and I try to, you know, my communication on Facebook, and if all of, if you want to take all of that and consider that marketing, then yes, I want to have an impact there, I think I do have an impact there. And um, I, I think I do that best when I sort of give it all up. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not like I hold back or, um, and and it's funny, some of the advice that we're given is, you know, don't give it all away. Um, And that doesn't work for me. 
<laughs> I have to, you know, if in any kind of, in any given, uh, you know, interaction, whether it's via writing uh, or speaking to somebody, I, I can't, I can't hold anything back. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you want, you want to, and it, it draws you to be really wholehearted. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a great quote that I have on my wall that is is uh, an amazing sort of way of, of talking about writing. I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll have to pull it out and send it to you because I can't even read it from here. But <laughs> <laughs> but there, I mean that's a great quote from uh, Pat Conroy. It's really. Um, He's such a wonderful writer. I mean, so mm. evocative, and what a great way for him to talk about it. I've heard Elizabeth Gilbert talk about writing that way mm-hmm. as well, um, where she she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, not to change anybody's life or, or help anybody other than herself. She was just trying to work through something, and obviously it touched a nerve in so many people and, and had a huge impact in that way, just from her sharing her own story. Mm-hmm. Have you run into um, obstacles or problems or barriers in having the impact that you want to have? Could you, could you share a little bit about a situation where you might have come up against? I've never had any barriers or challenges. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay, next. <laughs> um. Well, <laughs> the biggest barrier is always my own mind, um, because ch- that's usually where the biggest challenge lies, and it's usually in some sort of you know faulty belief or you know semi-conscious or unconscious belief. Um, I guess you know again, I think that the what I what I touched on earlier, which was. Um, not you know not not understanding that i have the answers not understanding that being able to do it my way is perfectly fine um that was a huge challenge and um you know it, it's sort of uh my experience of um uncovering some of those um beliefs and stuff is that you, you have to revisit them over and over again, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, or fortunately, but <clears throat> the, yeah, like the past several years, I spent a lot of time focusing on whatever other people were doing and how they were doing it and how could I do it like that. And, uh, it didn't work. Um, and in fact, I was, there were there have been a few times, um, you know, where I thought, you know, maybe it's just time to shut this all down and you know go get a job <laughs> somewhere. Um, and but you know the the other part of me is like, no, I don't want to give this up. I don't want to give this up. So um, so yeah, is, is that clear enough? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I I. Thank you for sharing that because I think it's so much everyone's struggle, whatever our limiting beliefs are. And I kind of think of it as, a, and, and I know what you mean about, you know, it feels like you keep returning. Um, it's like, really? Again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But I, I console myself by thinking about it like a spiral so that when I return to it, I'm actually in a, a bit of a different place with it. And it feels like, feels like progress is being made. Is, is that your experience? Do you feel Absolutely. That way? Yeah. And I, I've come to the, I've come to be able to, uh, sort of grit my teeth and find joy <laughs> in, <laughs> in the opportunity to revisit it. Um, Part of my work that fascinates me is the concept of being able to to feel really uncomfortable emotion and and be resilient to it and uh, the stuff that the hard stuff like shame and fear you know those are pretty much for me two of the worst but um, to be able to because I think a lot of times people are like, I just don't want to, you know, fear is bad. Shame is bad. I don't want to feel it. It's, we have to banish it. And I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm good. I'm good with shame. I can do it. Hmm. And um, speaking of other, you know, other people who inspire, Brene Brown, who's doing amazing yeah. work, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I, I take it seriously. I take that very seriously to to be able to to feel those uncomfortable emotions and um and just let them let them be there and and that talk about impact with my clients mm. that is um very impactful for them to 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 learn how to do that mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's huge to feel uncomfortable emotion and be resilient to it the combination that's that's an that's an incredible thing to be able to bring to your life so that's wonderful. Yeah. I, I found that um, that quote about writing, and I think it really speaks to that very thing. If I've, uh, I'll, I'll just read it for you and for anybody listening. This is um, something that he's talking about writing, but I think it's true for other things. It, it's, it's a quote from Alan Wilson Watts, and there's a bit of a... a uh, expletive in here, so I'll warn you in advance, but um, <laughs> write like you're a goddamn death row inmate and the governor is out of the country and there's no chance for a pardon. Write like you're clinging to the edge of a cliff, white knuckles on your last breath and you've got just one last thing to say, like you're a bird flying over us and you can see everything. And please, for God's sake, tell us something that will save us from ourselves. Take a, take a deep breath and tell us your deepest, darkest secret so we can wipe our brow and know that we're not alone. Amen. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very much along the lines of that Pat Conroy quote that you, that you gave us. Um, yes, very differently said, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit spicier on the language side, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's such a powerful thing to um, to share. That that's something that you want you want to be working with yourself, and you work with people on is this this feeling uncomfortable emotion, being resilient to it, and sharing it with other people too, so that they know they're not alone. That's that's a big part of what your big part that your book plays in people's lives too. So, yeah, is there any? insight or advice that you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I bring myself more to my work? How can I positively affect my own environment and the larger world? How can I have impact? Is there any insight or advice you'd share? 
Um, yeah, it's do your own work. It's it's no be willing to to look as deeply inside as you can. Um, something I've been exploring lately is the, I guess, the difference between self consciousness and self awareness, and. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of those two words, like consciousness and awareness, it's the same thing. But self-consciousness has to do with feeling uncomfortable and thinking that other people are judging you and, you know, not being able to step into your expression and, you know, all that kind of stuff because you're afraid. Whereas self-awareness is that ability to know, oh, wow, yeah, look, um, I'm sitting here thinking that somebody's judging me and that's stopping me from doing something that I want to do. Um so, you know, the more that you can, you know, know thyself um, and be willing to um, look at the parts of yourself that you're afraid to look at, uh, you know, they, sometimes they call it shadow work, um, is really, really, really powerful. And, um, you know, the more... And I'm, I didn't make this this up, but I think it's I think it's from Debbie Ford's work. But you know, when you're willing to see that you might ha- be hypocritical, or that you might be judging someone else, or that you might be manipulating, or you know, any of those things that we think are ugly, um, when you embrace that in yourself, you're then able to embrace the the opposite, the the beautiful, wonderful, shining self that you are, the and the things that you have to offer that um, that make an impact. It, it's you have to embrace you have to embrace both. Hmm. And so that that's my advice. Well, thank you, Karen, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm uh, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. It's it's so important and helping us get to know ourselves in a compassionate way to bring out this wonderful shining self, as you put it. Um, (laughs) That's really valuable uh, work that you're doing in the world. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for being here today. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You're doing the same kind of thing in a different way. And it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're on the the, the transition team, right? (laughs) That's great. I love that expression. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, well, you can go to my website, which is um, www.kclanderson.com. Or you can send me an email, karen at kclanderson.com. It's the easiest way. Great. Okay. Well, thank you again, Karen. It's been great to have you here on the podcast. Thank you. Join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.